Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. I'm David Lally, producer of the show, and today's episode is called From Broken to Blessed. It's an interview with Jamie Nowak. Jamie is a speaker, a productivity expert, a mom and wife, an all-around great person. Let's listen in to this fantastic interview. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. I enjoy listening to the lulcid tones of our producer, David Lally, there. By the way, people ask me all the time about the uh, music. The music is an original piece of music performed by Mr. Lally's band called Brogue Wave. For those of you Americans who don't know how to spell in Gaelic, it's B-R-O-G-U-E. Brogue is in the Irish dialect. And wave, like a big wave hitting the west coast of Ireland. And so the song is called The Cliffs of Moher, M-O-H-E-R. Fantastic place. If you ever get a chance to visit the Cliffs of Moher, it'll change your life. Anyhow, but that's what I listen to on the way in. It gets me fired up, motivated, ready to kill an Englishman, is what I always say, with all due respect to all my English listeners. Well, I'm excited, as you can tell. I have someone in the studio today who is a very, very special person to me. We have known each other for 21 years. When I first met Jamie, she was actually a client of ours at a seminar. She was a young lass making her way in the world, and she was a new real estate agent. And she went on to become a rock star agent uh, that we would actually feature her on panels to encourage other people what to do and how to do business. And then after that, she was asked to run a real estate company, and she became a rock star at that too. You'll hear this recurring theme of Rockstar because she has a little rock star in her. Girl can sing. Then after a series of twists and turns in life, she ended up coming to work at Buffini Company, became a master trainer of our training systems and now a presenter at our live stream events uh, on stage. She's just one of the best, one of the best. I've booked over 200 speakers in the last 20 years, and she is one of the best speakers we've ever had on our stage She's phenomenal. She's a woman of passion. She's a woman of substance. She's lived a heck of a good life. And today's message is from broken to blessed. And as you can imagine, when you hear a title like that, there's been a few uh, curveballs along the way. She is eminently positive and motivational, so she doesn't usually talk about any parts of the broken stuff. But I wanted to introduce you to her today. She's also going to be guest hosting the Brian Buffini Show from time to time with some phenomenal guests, and she can bring a unique perspective that I'm looking to add a little flavor into the soup here as we try to make this the best possible podcast we can. So after all of that, Jamie, top of the morning to you. Thanks for being here. Oh, the rest of the day to you, Brian. I am grateful to be here with you. That's great. Well, we're excited. Yeah, and um, I'm excited for our listening audience to get a load of you. Our live events folks have heard from you. You do a great job with the live stream. We had Buffini TV. You were the lead host for that. And now you're going to come in and pinch it on some of these podcasts. And based on the feedback we get, I think we'll end up doing a lot more of this. But I thought it would be very cool today to introduce you and your story to people. And you have had a heck of a story. You're a, an inspirational person. Hmm. You live a phenomenal life. And uh, you've been there, done that, which is a key ingredient for me for whether I recommend a book, whether I interview someone in the podcast, or especially whether I put somebody out there to represent our organization in front of the hundreds of thousands of people we see every year. And you are all that in a bag of chips. And I've just been proud to know you, and I've enjoyed our friendship. I've enjoyed our relationship 
for all these years. So let's do a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of folks who know you. There's a whole bunch of folks who don't. Uh, we're in 157 countries on this podcast now. No pressure after no that pressure. introduction. Yeah, right. Wow. So tell the folks a little bit of where you started and where did uh, Jamie Sansusi start her <laughs> life out? Well, first of all, thank you for the great introduction. I'm very humbled to be here. I did not grow up in Southern California. <laughs> I grew up in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Wow. So sometimes you hear that little accent coming right. out. I'm an East Coast girl at heart. Come from a tremendous family, most of them still back there. But I grew up a kind of in a very idealistic place. I grew okay. up with serial entrepreneurs. Mm. My mom and dad have been top salespeople and Whatever they touched when I was younger seemed to turn to gold, and mm. we lived in a 26-room house oh. on 10 acres of land. It's wow. like kind of the opposite of where you grew up with, <laughs> with like 80 square feet yeah, between right. the, the group of you. <laughs> yeah. And as I'm growing up and as I'm seeing that ambition and that drive and seeing what that can lead to, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. And you learn you know, what it takes, I guess, to to get out there and be successful watching your parents do it, which I did. So they were hard chargers. Big achievers. Absolutely. You got this kind of New England uh, bottom line type mentality. Yeah. And yet you're living the good life. You got the big house. Everything's going great. And yep. then what? Going so well that my father went after his dream of opening this beautiful restaurant and everything was perfect and shipped in sourdough bread from San Francisco oh, and nice. roasted turkeys and prime ribs every day for the patrons. And it was a great success as well over the next several years. And I don't know the timing, but I was about 12 years old, and there was a little hepatitis outbreak. So our chef had hepatitis, and it brought the kingdom down. No. It brought the kingdom down. We were a media circus. No. Our family. I've never told you this story before. It's not something I, I generally go back to, but sure. the uh, media put it on top of our restaurant, not anywhere else. It had to come from there because they had to find the target. Yeah. And every newscast was another shot at our family and our name and our so we spent the next year or so trying to keep it together trying to keep it together and they auctioned our home no we had a yard sale where everybody came in and bought our things no and we picked up and we left wow and i know the story with a family restaurant and his heart and soul goes into it it's late night everything all that stuff so it's all their time all their energy their good name you guys are trying to do the wow factor, probably took out mortgages on the house, the whole thing, and all of a sudden this deal comes down. It was probably in a number of different places, but you guys became the focal point. We were it. And in our world today, you know, we see it now. You know, my mother used to say it's a nine-day wonder, but today with the social media and the media, it's like a rampaging herd of locusts right. that goes through the country and the culture and whatever else, but it was all centralized on you guys. You got to experience So let me ask you this. As a 12-year-old girl and you're seeing, you know, paradise is gone yep. and all your stuff is being auctioned out the door, what does that leave you with? Well, I'll tell you, you learn who your friends are mm. because school wasn't a very happy place to be wow. at that point. Everybody thought that I was some sort of infectious disease Jeez. walking around. From the kids to the teachers. I mean, it didn't stop at the kids. It didn't, you know, I guess that's one of the first places where, where I learned how to overcome mm. and, and some resilience and how to try to keep my head high and keep moving forward. And, you know, I don't know, but it, it broke my heart. Yeah. And it hurt me to see my parents in such a devastating place. Right. So they lost everything. You're experiencing this when all of a sudden you're the leper at school. Yep. You've lost all your possessions. You've gone from little house on the prairie 
to uh, the Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> right. Something and, like and that. And because of the name and whatever else, now you guys are going to pack up and leave. Yes. And I know the ties you have to that community. I know you still have your grandma and all these different people that have been there for decades and yes. generations. And now you guys head out west and head to Arizona, is that right? Well, we didn't know where we were going, to be honest with you. They were able to sell some things that we had, and we bought an RV. Wow. <laughs> we could have done one of those reality shows, yeah. so I'll tell you wow. what. We jumped in the RV. They identified 13 of the up-and-coming markets Jeez. in the U.S., and we went and visited. We went down the list. Wow. Down the coast, you know, down into South Carolina and Atlanta and across Texas. And uh, all the way through and ended up stopping in Arizona. I mean, it's almost like a freaking wagon train here. We're making this stuff up. This yeah, is like you can't pitch make up this the up. oxen and the wagon train. We ran out of beef jerky in Phoenix, so we stopped and homesteaded. Yeah, in the middle of the summer, wow. by the way. So this is your first dynamic of broken to blessed. Yes. Right? So your first experience in that dynamic was being 12 years of age. Now, you're with the entrepreneurs. They're probably looking at the sunny side of life. Was it, this is a great adventure. We're going to love this. It's going to be great. That is the mindset that mm -hmm. they gave to me. Mm -hmm. Both of them, actually. They knew they were going to be okay. Yeah. And that was the belief that they gave all of us. I'm sure they shielded me from much yeah. of what had happened. Right. But they said, this is the great adventure. And we're together. And that's what matters. Mm -hmm. And so the four of us loaded up and... And went on the great adventure. And, man, I learned a lot. So you guys get into Phoenix. How soon after does your mom get into the real estate business? It took a little while. Yeah. So she stayed in the restaurant business for a okay. while, and that was a, just a grind. Yeah. It's not yours, and you're trying to live somebody else's dream. And yeah. uh, my dad tried his hand at several different sales jobs and, and did really well for himself, too. Yeah. But then, you know, my mom said, nah, this real estate thing, this yeah. looks interesting. And she got her license so he would get his. Nice. That's the way East Coast husband and wives talk to one another. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly right. Just before right. the book Crucial Conversations came out. We are going to do this. Yeah. We are, and she was setting the tone and saying, we need to move forward. Wow. We need to make something happen. Wow. And she did, man. And she became a legend in real estate, one of the top producing agents. I believe Elaine's been in the real estate business a little over 30 years. Is that right? That's right. But she became you know, a massive producer driven like all get out rookie of the year yeah first year i sure. mean that's how she rolls right right hard worker yeah great heart yeah a lot of wisdom yeah but she's a grinder and she had the east coast i remember the first time i met her a number of years later and i remember i recognize you know you always recognize someone else i never knew your mom's story about the restaurant whatever else but i knew there was something in her past that had created that hard scrabble drive no doubt because she was she was wired for sound Initially, when I was talking to her, I remember it was like, is this stuff going to slow me down? Mm -hmm. Is this relationship referral stuff going to slow me down? Because I'm ready to cold call and door knock and bang out deals. Is this going to slow my roll? Whatever it takes. Yeah. And so she becomes this rock star real estate agent. What's it like living as the daughter of a working mom who's, uh, I mean, let's just put it this way. The way she was working and the way she did it, there wasn't a lot of balance in the picture, right? I mean, it was pretty hardcore. It was hardcore. And I have to say, first, you know, she made it to the important stuff. Sure. 
That's the interesting thing, because oh, yeah. a lot of times that doesn't happen. But she made it to my important stuff that I was doing in school and my choir concerts and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But watching that dynamic of whenever the phone rang, she jumped for it, mm-hmm. and she would say something like, oh, it's another prospect. Oh, it's another prospect. And I was like, oh, I want to gag. Yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with this business. Sure. In fact, you know, one Mother's Day, when I was assisting her and helping her, we went around. We did seven deals on Mother's Day together. <laughs> That was like her idea of a great time. Right. But I was helping her because I don't think she could drive that day sure. or something. She had something, nothing got in her way. Right. But and just for to give me, context to the non-real estate listening audience, seven deals on Mother's Day is more than the annual production of the typical real estate agent for the year. Yeah. She so just. She's a grinder. A grinder. Yeah. And that scared me. Sure. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to play. I wanted to have some fun. I'm not allergic to working hard, of course, but I really wanted to have that balance that I think everybody aspires to, or at least some form of it. And I didn't want to be at people's beck and call during the workday and then after the workday and all that stuff. Now, what's interesting about this, because you have a great relationship with your mom, special, special mother-daughter relationship, and I know she's your hero. She is. But... After watching this and seeing this and doing this, you get into real estate. What in the heck is that about? Is it just, you know, the children of alcoholics become alcoholics? I mean, what's the deal Maybe. here? No, you know what? I uh, graduated from college and got that $7 an hour job with my degree. Mm. And I said, no, that ain't going to do it for me. I need more than that. I need to be able to achieve more than that. And she kept, you know, waving this thing over here saying, you can come over here. Mm -hmm. You can write your own ticket. Big bucks. You can make it happen. Big bucks. And I was like, ah. And so finally I made the leap. Did the thing. What year did you get into real estate? So I got my license in 1995. Okay. Toward the end of 1995. Right. And just as I thought, you know, she's she's my greatest mentor. And she is, you know, one of the biggest joys of my life is yeah. the relationship I have with her. But she's the grinder. <laughs> and she's like, ah, we're going to learn how to cold call. And I think I did that one day in my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to door knock. I was like, is this your cruel and unusual punishment for me today? And I hated every moment of it. I mean, it was rejection and rejection and adversity and adversity. And uh, But yet I needed food with my meals. Yeah, right. So what am I going to do? Right. And it was about that time we happened upon this free half-day seminar with some guy nobody had ever heard of, mm-hmm. some Irish man. And I went that day, and it was 1996, so I had already gone through several months of this pride-swallowing siege. Mm-hmm of trying to be a really relational person and doing things that are very unrelational uh, that didn't work for me. Right. Now, they work for some people. They don't work for me. Right. So we happened upon this free half-day seminar with you, and I never looked back. I said, this resonates with me. Mm-hmm. This is who I am and, and what I can do and serving people to the deepest level and, and taking care of the people that already knew me and liked me. Mm-hmm. Please. Yep, Could relationships, we do a little bit of that? service, and become highly skilled. It was the same message 22 years ago, and it's the same message today. So you got into our system. How old were you when you started with us? 24? Yeah. <laughs> and so the next thing you know, you're the rookie of the year. Next thing you know, you're flying. You're killing it. In, In my fact, own way. Yeah. And then I remember, I never forget... We come to town, and back in the day, we used to put, because people wanted to, you know, we were new. Is this real? What's the deal? You know, you can tell stories, Buffini and whatever else. So one of the things I used to do was I'd get a panel of people, 
during the course of our two days, and I'd have one segment where I'd bring up people from the audience who had been using our system and having great success. And here you were at the time, I think you were 25 or 26 years of age, and we got you with the jeans on, oh, and yeah. you're there, and you had the little rocker thing going on, <laughs> and, but you were killing it. And I never forget your mom sitting in the front row, smile, looked like she'd eaten a banana sideways. Beaming. Beaming. And then here you were doing the business, but doing it a slightly different way. And what was phenomenal about that is eventually you had a very significant influence on your mom mm -hmm. because she started to realize over time she could do her business in a more relational way, not grind it to the same degree. And uh, it ended up being that the mentee mentored the mentor and you had a huge impact on changing your mom's business over time. Yeah, and to this day, that's what we do for each other, I yeah. really believe. She's one of my greatest friends, one of my biggest fans. So let's go through this. You became the rock star. You were the rising star. You were the fresh face. And that's one of the reasons we loved having you out there, putting you on the panel, because, hey, you were young, enthusiastic, and just getting going, and bang, you were putting this relationship-based system in place and having this huge success. So fast forward, uh, what happens typically in the real estate industry you have four or five years of great success, then what happens? Then they ask you and offer you the growth opportunity to take over your struggling real estate office. Right. <laughs> the one that has just been picked apart by the leader that was there before you and yeah. took all the productive people with her, right. except your mother, because she wasn't going to leave you. Right? So, yes. So, so take a great salesperson, turn them into management is the real estate way, which normally ends in disaster. Because um, I didn't know what P&L stood for. Right, yeah. I didn't know how to run a business. Yeah. I mean, really. Right. And now I was in charge of all of these people and the numbers and responsible for all of it. It was right. crazy. So I had to dig in and dig down and learn, continue right. to learn. I think that's been a theme, too, for me is just try to learn the best I can and then to go do something with it. And in true Jamie fashion, you had your mom's work ethic. You took a relational approach. And you built this phenomenal company. Yes. You were the top recruiter in the country. You were recruiting people. You were retaining people. You kind of found your calling because you wanted more impact. The reason I know you and the reason when you called me and say, should I do this? And I said, it sounds like it's a fit because you wanted to impact people. Yes. And it gave you a chance. And you turned that company rate. It was, went from losing a bunch of money to making a bunch of money. How many people were there when you started, and how many was it at its peak? When so you it was grim when I took it over. We were 24 people on the roster, wow. 24 agents on the roster. And so some of them are even selling houses. A couple. So for the <laughs> listeners out there that aren't familiar with on the roster, it means that a few of them sold Homes. Yeah. And the rest of them were just kind of sucking our resources and things. <laughs> they just had their license hanging at your company. They had their license hanging there. Yeah. And so, and we had a six figure deficit wow. that we had to come back from. So I just applied the same systems that I had learned about building the relationships and providing exceptional value to people mm -hmm. and giving and asking and educating and receiving and applied that to our agents. Mm -hmm. And we grew from 24 on that roster to 146 fired-up real estate professionals mm -hmm. taking over our marketplace. You're right. Before I let you go on, because if someone's sitting there listening and maybe they're, they're running a company, they might be in real estate, they might be in lending, they might be in whatever other businesses that listen in 157 countries. Yeah. What tip or two would you have for someone who's taken over a struggling business? Maybe it's their struggling business. What would be the first couple of things you'd have somebody do to turn it around? I think that the first thing that they should do, the first thing I did is I took an inventory mm -hmm. of what I had around me, but then I met with everyone mm -hmm. and reset the expectations. Mm -hmm. 
in regards to where we wanted to go and the great things we wanted to provide. Because in my business, people are making a month-to-month decision to stay with you. Mm. I think that's the same for all of us that offer trades or services. People have options, Mm -hmm. and they can go other places. And so I went to the people I was serving, and I said, what's the best way we can help you? Mm -hmm. What do you need? Mm -hmm. And I listened. Listen to your customers, ask them for their input. They told you what they needed. And if they gave you 10, you took the top three and gave them that. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. you're not going right. to please everybody. That's the other thing right. you got to be careful of, sure. too, because we go, that leads to destruction. That's, yeah, that's pleasing. That's not leading. That's not leading. And then you ask them to duplicate themselves. Exactly. So then I said, look, if you're having a great experience here, I'm looking for other great people mm-hmm. like you, mm-hmm. whether that's a client or whether that's an agent. We're looking for other great people like you to surround ourselves with to get after our goals mm-hmm. and to make great things happen. So you brought great energy, great focus. And this business is cranking. You're finding yourself as a leader. Oof. And then the next phase of Broken to Blessed hits. And mm. what happens in your life, once again, derails what's happened in your career. Let's just talk briefly about that and uh, what happened for you personally. So as I'm building this great real estate business, I meet a man. Yep. And we start dating. We start courting. He becomes inspired and he proposes. And then I guess I got inspired. <laughs> And um, said yes. Yep, I said yes, and and we got married. Yeah. And it was a very gosh, it was. I remember it just like it was yesterday. I mean, he was a Harley guy, yeah. like a true biker Harley yeah. guy, not yeah. a guy that rents his bike and 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 trailers it to Sturgis. You know what I mean? There wasn't any of that. Yeah. And we were having a blast. What year did you guys get married? We got married in 1999. Mm-hmm. I was involved in all of these things of, sure. of really, I had really started growing myself and working sure. on myself personally. You've been in our coaching since 96. Exactly. And, yeah, and I had to be that. a leader for the people that yeah. were with me and my company. So I'm constantly trying to get better and be that role model. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And along the way, I'm like, you got to come with me to some of these things. Right. I want us to set goals together. And he's looking at me like I have three heads. And sure. he's like, I am not going to your cult meeting. Yeah, right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I say, well, it's kind of important to me. A lot of great people there. So, you know, it took me a couple of years of coaching him up. Some <laughs> men might call that nagging. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he finally went with me to one of our mastermind events where we invite our families and everybody can, if they want to, they can get on the same page. And we did. We set some great goals Mm -hmm. and then we got after it. We got after living the good life where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do and the family we wanted to have and, and all those fun things. And, you know, he starts taking care of himself better and he's getting out running and, you know, we're cutting down on the Jack Daniels a little bit. All growth is good, right? Yeah, right. Little steps, yeah. little steps. And all of this is happening. I take over the leadership role. Yeah. And I'm running that company. Lots happening yeah. in all different directions. And he went out for a run one Monday morning. And um, he died of a massive heart attack instantly. At what age? He was 33. Wow. And you were? 31. 31 years of age. You're married a few years. And your husband dies of a heart attack. And you're running this company, mm. and it's just crazy. And I, you know, I I remember a phone call, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm thinking to my I never forget. I remember having to call you because it came across my desk a couple of days afterwards, and I remember asking God for wisdom. And I say, what do I say to a 31 year old widow? Mm. I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget staring at that phone, and nothing coming to me for quite some time. 
and I really, I remember the phone call. I didn't have an awful lot to say to you other than just try to love you up and encourage you. But it was uh, a crazy time. And once again, you were introduced to the, the whole dynamic of being broken. Mm-hmm. And again, the reason we bring this stuff here today, you know, for those of you who get to know this incredible woman, she didn't spend much time talking about herself. The story, I, I know her 21 years. I never heard the story about the uh, hepatitis and losing the restaurant. But I knew there was history there. So this is not necessarily the stuff you normally get into, but I think there's a lot of folks right now that are locked in listening to this because they've experienced some kind of difficulty, tragedy, setback, life has happened. And so let's just talk through this little period in a way that might bless somebody today Mm. who's gone through, maybe their business has died, maybe their marriage has died, maybe their kid has gone sideways, maybe their health, they got the diagnosis that they didn't want to hear. How did you get through this and what did you do and how'd you come out the other side? It's a great question, and it's the reason that I share this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, because I want to give hope yeah. to people. I do remember that conversation, too, by the way, if I could just touch on that for a mm. minute, when you called me, and I'll never forget you asked me, do you have any regrets? And at that time, I said, no, but that wasn't the truth, because mm-hmm. you're in the whirlwind, mm-hmm. and when you have something tragic happen, and we all have or we will, mm-hmm. that is to be sure you're numb or you're in shock or whatever is happening to you, how do you move forward? But what I have gained since you asked me that question Mm -hmm. and what I can do with that moving forward Mm -hmm. in my life, unprecedented. So when you went through that process, you took stock of what you did have regrets about. Yes. And when you got to a place, of course, when you got to a place of healthiness, when you got a place of healing, which took time, Yes. And that's a big deal. There is no microwave. That one question didn't solve anything that day. No. It led you down a path that when you were ready, because I also remember the season when this fireball woman who's all energy, all fire, all passion, your office is down the hall from me, and I can hear (laughs) you when the door is closed. I see you on stage, and people, you know, plug into you all the time as this fiery, enthusiastic encourager who just wants to inspire people 24 7. But for a season, you weren't getting out of bed in the morning. Nope. And for a season, it was roll up in the ball and take the hit. Yeah. And that's okay. That was another conversation we had, which is, that's okay. Yeah. But what got you from not getting out of bed to starting to get back on your feet? Well, I think it all comes down to making a choice. Yeah. And at the end of the day, as I was, you know, the weeks following what had happened, I had to figure it out. I had to figure it out, and I had to decide if I was going to die with him, mm-hmm. but keep living. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people do mm-hmm. that. Or was I going to get up? Yeah. And I made the choice. Yeah. Because I thought I got to be here for a reason. Right. There's got to be a purpose for me. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a reason. And I have these people. So there was kind of out of a little bit of responsibility mm-hmm. and duty. I would tell sure. you at that time to show up and to get up because they're watching me sure. and because I wanted to inspire them. Sure. I, I wanted don't know. to be responsible. But the, the other dynamic to that is you'd also invested in a lot of relationships. Oh, And a lot gosh. of relationships at that time came around the corner and came looking for you. That's right. And reaping and sowing, that was another great example of seeing it in your life because I, I remember being never so proud of my own customers in that region oh. or people we coached who rallied around you 
people from around the country who yeah. heard of your situation. It wasn't the region. It was yeah. North America. Yeah. So I made the choice. You yeah. have to make that decision. Yeah. Because there is always one. Yeah. To get up and to take action. And I'm not talking about like massive action. Right. But small steps. Yeah. Like, what were some of the things that you had to focus on? Oh, well, okay. So first I got up and took a shower. Here we if go. If you want to be right. There we go. Like, now I'm cooking with gas. That's a winning right? day. Now I don't smell anymore. <laughs> That's a winning day. Oh, huge. Right? It was at first. Sure. And maybe you can get dressed and get yourself ready. Yeah. Get back to the office. Yeah. But along that wobbly path. Yeah. I think the thing that saved me is exactly what you're talking about, is don't go it alone. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do when something happens to you, mm -hmm. whether, no matter what it is, is isolate yourself. Right. And it's so easy to curl up and to just be like, leave mm -hmm. me alone. Can't talk. I don't know what I would say right now. I'm not looking the best. Yeah. But don't go it alone because our relationships right. are the magic. Right. I think for you, you're the last person in the world who's ever going to be a victim. And the next thing was where you're like me is actually receiving help was a whole new foreign deal. But I also saw you grow through that experience mm. where you saw people who wanted to help and you actually even allowed people to help. That was growth. Uh, right. And, and they were blessed as a result of it. And you were blessed. It wasn't an overnight thing. It took a couple of years. Small steps. Right. Bit by bit. Then you're back at the office and back cranking and doing things. And, and even though the joy wasn't the same mm. as before. You were very productive again. You were very successful again. But I could tell, even from a distance, there was something missing. Yeah. And so it was a few years later where I kind of um, put a call in and said, hey, <laughs> you know that whole impact and improve and that whole teaching side of you and you know how you're doing it on this local level with this one company. I've watched you rise. I've watched you fall. I've watched you get back up on the horse. And people are always watching. People never hear what you say. They're too busy watching. That's true. And I said, hey, how about you come on out to San Diego and uh, come join me out here? And I, I did my best sales pitch. I called you in August when Phoenix is slightly cooler than the face of the sun. <laughs> so I sent you daytime temperatures. I sent you, you know, nighttime pictures of the beach and this and that and the other and the green flash. Unbeknownst to me, you were building a house and getting yourself all squared away. Oh, yeah. It was fully decorated. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I thought you were nuts yeah. calling me up saying, "Hey, let's let's do this. Right. Let's I want you to share your story with our systems yeah. and what it's done for you." Yeah. And that was amazing. One other thing I wanted to add to I want to back up just for a minute. Yeah. The steps that brought me out of the depths. Yeah, sure. Another piece of that was with those people helping and everything is to look for the good and mm. to be grateful. Mhm. Mm to be grateful. Even the world is falling apart, whatever is happening, look for the good and be grateful because what I learned is it's impossible to have the permanent sadness. Mm. If you try to look for it, even some days if you're like, I really don't know what I have to be grateful for, there's always something. That was a mindset piece that then applied itself in the daily action steps? That's right. Every morning yeah, or evening. Yeah. I sat down with my journal once I could write again, which yeah. took a month or two. Right. But just started with, okay, today I'm grateful that I received a note from this person that, mm -hmm. that helped me out or inspired me. Or today I'm grateful because I didn't want to get up and I didn't feel like going to work and yeah. doing what I needed to do. And right. I, I made it happen. Yeah. And I pushed through. And I think this is important. And the reason we want to talk about this, it wasn't like you were a little misperfect through this process, right? And that's Far it's, from and it. that's why, you know, when people suffer and they grieve, you weren't out, you know, doing five 
bottles of whiskey or whatever else, but it's just like people think, okay, you got through it. You were inspirational through the process. You were phenomenal. It was amazing. But people often don't allow themselves to be human during the process. And, you know, it challenged your faith. It challenged your life. It challenged everything about you. But you came through on this other side. Mm -hmm. And so when I came to talk to you and said, hey, come join me in San Diego. Move out here. Get in the impact and improve the lives of people business. I see you have a gift for speaking and communicating and articulating. And I want you to teach other leaders. And just so you know, you talk about sharing your story. You didn't share your story from stage for another 13 years, I think. That's right. You were here serving and giving and so on and so forth. And it wasn't until the opportunity was right and you were in the right spot to even share that story. And so that's why I give all this stuff to people because it gives context to any challenge they've gone through themselves. There's a healing process that right. you've got to allow yourself right. to go through. So you come on out here. Now you're not 22 anymore. Nope. Now you're, <laughs> you've gone through this stuff. Now a little you've wiser. Left, you've left mom, your community, your connections, your newly decorated house. Yes. And you come out to San Diego to start over. Right. But the fire was there to impact and improve the lives of people. And you got in the game. And you started cranking, and you started doing what you know how to do. And, and I saw the light grow in a massive way in regards because now you love to grow yourself. Yes. You love to read and fuel and fire and then impact others. And this started to happen. And our program that we had you heading up started to explode. And again, here we go. We're blessed. We're flying. You're doing great. You're doing what you are put on the earth to do. And then you have another sidetrack with the passing of your brother. So just two years after you came to San Diego, here comes another piece of brokenness that was not in your control, not in your design. And so now you're going through this and your heart breaks for him. But now your heart breaks for your mom yes, and your family. And now you're away and going through this whole thing. So one more time. Now, all of a sudden, though, you're also seeing that the tools you were given to suffer through the challenge of losing your husband at a young age. Now, all of a sudden very quickly just in a matter of a few years four years later now those gifts and those resilience gifts that came from the brokenness are being used to support your family and your community with the passing of your brother i mean i hope so i did my best yeah you know yeah i was trying to right. hold her up sure what we went through there will never recover from sure in every way no you never do no i don't know if i could even share this here but he made the choice yeah yeah. You know, we talk about choices and how important they are. Sure. And he made that choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, to, I mean, I'm not sure how a mother recovers from that. Yeah. And so I've been in that position for many people in their life, both family, friends, and I'm the guy that gets a lot of those calls. Yeah. But once again, the dynamic of the path is there. And it's out of our purpose comes our passion. And the passion is that which we suffered for. You know, all along, here comes these experiences that are crushing, that require healing, mm -hmm. that require time, but along the way has still left you to this place of being a, a woman who embraces life, who finds the positivity, who even though in the midst of these broken times, you keep coming back to this hopeful place. How the heck do you do that? As I mentioned, it's about focusing on the good. Yeah. It's about taking that pain because yeah. we're all broken. Yeah. We're all, we've gone through stuff. We're going to go yeah. through stuff. And it's a matter of how we're going to come out of it that's going to make the difference in our lives and the lives of the people that we touch all around us. They're everywhere. Right. And it makes a huge difference. 
of just realizing that I'm still here. Yeah. I've been given a chance. I have a second chance. And now I want this pain to heal somebody else if I can, mm-hmm. I guess. That's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to just go through this and, and let it be. I want this to help someone in a good way. And I don't know how articulate I'm being right now. No, it's it's just... The Apostle Paul had similar statements thousands of years ago. Power is perfected in weakness, and when I'm weak, I'm strong. And you've been through this process, but you've always gone back to this place of gratitude. You've always gone back to these disciplines that have helped you. And you've always gone back to this perspective that life can be better and it will be better. And lo and behold, lo and behold, (laughs) here you are a few years after that, working at Buffini and Company, blessing other people's lives, being hopeful, being an encourager. You've been broken, but you go back to this focus on being blessed. And the next thing you know, there's a chance encounter. Tell the folks about that. Oh, yes. And amazing things happen at Buffini and Company. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. Yeah, I had been here for a couple of years working at Buffini and Company, and I'm walking down the halls, and a gentleman calls me over to his desk, and we're involved in this conversation about a client or something and an event that's going to happen soon as I was traveling all over the place, sharing this message with as many people as would listen. And I'm, I stand back for a minute while we're having this conversation. I'm like having this out-of-body kind of weird thing going on, like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, why haven't I met this guy before? I mean, how long has he been here? Did he just get here? I've been here for two years. Yeah. And... That conversation, 45 minutes later, I was like, wow. Yeah, but you were ready. Where did that come from? You know, that's the acres of diamonds. The guy, he'd been there all along, but you hadn't been there. And you weren't in that place. It wasn't the right season. Still terrifying. Yeah, right. Still absolutely terrifying. But, oh, my gosh, it kind of lit the spark again of possibilities. Sure. And then I just had to allow myself to kind of be open to those possibilities and, and maybe take a chance. Yeah. I remember that conversation, too. Yeah. I don't have a lot of conversations with you, but it seems like I'm like Forrest Gump. We I have show some up pretty right big time. ones, no doubt about it. So done Jamie Sansushi meets Jason Nowak. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Jamie Sansushi becomes Jamie Nowak. Amen. An amazing deal. Amen. Because you came out here to bless other people. You came out here to give back. You came out here to serve. You came out here to pursue your dream and pursue your gifts. You left everything and everyone you know to come to a town you didn't. Yes. And uh, next thing you know, here you are. And as uh, the referral business goes, not only did you get one man in the deal, now you have three men in the deal, right? (laughs) Yes, that uh, love for each other has grown. And now we have two little men. Yeah. That I couldn't be more excited about and proud of and uh, just joyful for. Watching that whole process and being their mother is, um, I think... And I hope one of the greatest things I'll ever do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that in future episodes because one of the things that I'm hoping to bring to the marketplace a little bit, especially for some of the gals listening, is how a highly productive, ambitious, successful person like yourself also gets to be mom Mm. and wife and homemaker and all that stuff and lead this kind of rock star life out here in the seminar business. And we want to talk about that and how to have that balance and so on and so forth. But that's for another day. That's for another show. I'm just... We could go on for hours. I'm just salting the oats out there. (laughs) Ladies, if you're listening and you want to know how to be a successful working woman who can have it all at work and at home, send me an email and we'll see if we can't get Jamie to do a few more of these broadcasts. Wow. More pressure. Yeah, right. That's what I do. Hey, I have always been consistent with you. I have never put you in the same spot (laughs) and always raised the bar for you. And I'm grateful. So 
dynamic here is, you know, we talk about broken and blessed. There's a lot of people. And my mother used to say, don't trust a man without scars. That's right. You know, we live in a world where everything is, oh, man, it's all sizzle and no steak. Doing the book tour this last year, meeting so many of these authors. And again, there's a million titles every year. So give context here. I met some people who were phenomenal who had been there and done that and wrote from their own experiences. But the vast majority of people I met on this journey, the only thing they'd ever done was write a book. Mm. And that doesn't impress me. That doesn't inspire I want to know what you've done, who you are, where you've been. And you've been there and done that many, many times over in your career. And you're like, Timex watch. You take a licking and keep on ticking. And what's so powerful about you is your spirit and your energy and your heart. And no matter what has come your way, you know, you've gotten back on the horse, you've taken the blows, gotten back on the horse, and then gone right back to serving and giving and inspiring and blessing others. So here's what I'd like. Some folks here today may be in different various degrees of either they've had a big bang, they're reeling from it, mm-hmm. or they've had it a long time ago and they've never recovered from it. There are scars that has scar tissue that shows up. And they're listening to the happy story of It's a Wonderful Life. Now, all of a sudden, every day's perfect and, you know, it's sunshine and rainbows every day. No way. But what would be <laughs> some of the best encouragement you'd have for somebody here listening today who's gone through some tough times, tough experiences? How do they get to that place where their heart expands and not their heart shrinks? Hmm. That's a great question. The first thing I would encourage people is, as I said earlier, you were put here for a purpose. Hmm. There's a reason for you. You're still here, no matter what has happened. I believe everything I have gone through, as horrible as some of it has been, and how amazing some of it has been, Mm -hmm. all of it has set me up for that next step. Mm -hmm. All of it has gotten me prepared for what's coming, Mm -hmm. the great and the not so great. Mm -hmm. But I have to show up for it, and I have to be present. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want anybody out there to wait another minute to live that life that they were built for, the one that they were made for not settling for something over here or being unhappy and miserable over here. I mean, listening to their gut and getting up and taking action in a positive way. Mm -hmm. We get knocked back a couple steps, get up and take another step in that positive direction. Mm -hmm. Now, you're constantly feeding yourself, right? I mean, so you're putting the good stuff in. So give folks some examples of how off you're listening and reading the stuff. and Every day? Yeah. I mean, I start my morning with quiet, mm-hmm. which is key. I've learned, especially as a busy mama, mm-hmm. and the kids get up early. Mm-hmm. So if I don't start my day by myself, quiet, for at least 15 minutes, mm-hmm. if I can fit that in, 15 minutes, yeah. where I read something that inspires me and lifts me up. I do some praying, mm-hmm. and then I take a look at my goals, and I close my eyes, and I visualize them coming mm-hmm. to pass. And it's a little morning meeting I have with myself. (laughs) And it sets the tone. Mm. It sets the tone for everything else. If I wake up and I slam the snooze button again and mommy, 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 and where are the Cheerios and we're out of milk and we're got to. I mean, if I start that way Mm -hmm. without doing the foundational pieces, it makes all the difference. Yeah. It makes all the difference. And that's hard to carve out that time. Mm -hmm. But when I do, and I do now every day. Yeah. It makes all the difference. Well, you do it every day because you find out the days that you don't. Forget it. <laughs> I, right? Forget it. Right. And Superwoman doesn't have to live here and be in all places at all times. Well, no. I also lower my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the bottom line is we're never going to get it all done. Yeah, that's right. 
That's Ladies right. especially. I mean, most of the people probably listen to this podcast. You're wired for it. You're yeah. high achievers. Yeah. You're voracious, you know, at everything. We're never going to get it all done. Right. And what I've learned with all of these broken pieces yeah. is I never, ever want to let my priorities become casualties. Mm, love that. I think that happens so often mm. in a pursuit of something else. The the more money, the car, the better standing, the better body. I don't know. Whatever it is. No, yeah. don't get me wrong. We got to take care of that sure. body yeah. because we're our best asset. Yeah. Okay. And if we're not okay, nobody else is. Yeah. Don't you feel that more people... Rather than burn themselves out, more people kind of rust out. They check out. They're numb not, out. You know, what's, what's wild is I hate to admit this, but my kids recently got me hooked up on Netflix. Okay. And I, I miss the whole Uh-oh. Breaking Bad <laughs> phenomenon and this and that and the other. There's certain staff people wanted me to stay away from Breaking Bad because they thought I might use it as a role model. You I know? love it. Are you binge watching something? Well, here's what happened I found a show that I just love. And I just, I'm not a TV guy. Like, these huge shows that have been on TV forever. Somebody goes, did you see the last episode of? And I, I never saw it. My our producer, David, said, hey, did you have a relaxing weekend this weekend, man? And I go, man, I went to five basketball games, man. <laughs> yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I picked up my kids at 1130 last night from my brother's house. So that's what I did this weekend, man. Yep. And so, Me you know, too. I'm on the go. So I'm not sitting down watching Seinfeld or, you know, all the different things. But there's a show called Longmire. Longmire. And this guy, he's a sheriff in Durant, Wyoming. And I just don't know. There's something about this guy I just like. And it's really well written. And for such a little town, there's some kind of grisly murder every week. The population's like 900. They've had about 60 murders so far. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The way this thing works is right as one show is ending, Mm. the new show's starting in five, four, three, two, one. It was about... Two weeks ago, I had this long list of stuff to do before I went home to Ireland and this and that and the other. And I'm, oh, Bev, I'll get to that. And the next thing you know, she walks in. I had done a workout at 6 o'clock in the morning. I came in. I'm still in the workout clothes. I turn on Longmire at 7.30. And Bev walks in. She goes, well, are you going to eat breakfast now that it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon? And I went, you got to be kidding me. How did that happen? I went through a whole season and I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, this is as close I've ever been to being on drugs. Right. And this stuff, it's engaging. I love it. And whatever else. But Scandalous. The, the world is set up for us now to check out, to veg out, to plug out. Because here's what happened. I took an entire day where I invested my life into Walt Longmire, mm-hmm. and I didn't invest it into Brian Buffini that day. Now, by the way, so here's the good news. I have a day planned. Now, my schedule is pretty compressed, but I've already picked a day a couple of months out where I'm going to have a whole day with Walt, and it's going to be me, Walt. I may shower. I may not. And me and Walt are going to burn a day together, but it'll be an intentional burn as opposed to an accidental burn. Going to bring in the food. They're going to keep delivering it. But (laughs) in the world we live in today, you can check out the social media. You can check out into Snapchat and Instagram. You can check out into TV programs. You can check out to a bottle. You can check. There's a million ways that you can check out, numb out, and opt out. Yes. And so the real deal is, how do we get plugged in? Right. How do we get plugged in? Right. And stay plugged in. And that, to me, is one of the ways that all works is being plugged in with someone else and being plugged in with a number of other people. You know, whether it's accountability partners. Yes. Workout partners, a workout trainer, coaching, you know, training. Whatever it takes, but, you know, making that your lifestyle 
you know, that's something we've kind of done and, and made a career of, but it's kind of what we do as people. No doubt. And I think that in having those models or those mentors or those accountability partners in all different areas mm-hmm. has been key for me in my transformation. And as I continue to transform, I mean, we're never, never the finished product. And right. that's what's exciting to well, me. Well, I'm excited to expose our podcast audience to you just as a little tease that's what they call it in the media business <laughs> jamie's got some upcoming interviews with some super powerful women that i wanted you to interview molly fletcher who is the female jerry Maguire. oh she's a gem mel robbins who's become a rock star in the personal production era and just a phenomenal person we got all kinds of cool people you got connie podesto all kinds of folks coming up so you guys are going to get to hear more and more of this phenomenal woman i wanted you to be inspired by her story i wanted you to know the gravitas of who she and what she comes with and i thought like i do with every guest i want to honor you with the same thing i've done with every celebrity i've had or influencer i've had i have five rapid fire questions i ask mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> now you'll get to ask these but now i get to ask that. you so here we go. Question number one, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Besides don't give up? Yeah. Uh, my Uncle Fred, <laughs> on my wedding day to my husband Jason, mm. danced with me. And he said, here's the thing I'm going to tell you. He's been married 30 plus years. Mm. Don't let the BS get in the way of your love and of the purpose of this relationship. Whoa. Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred. I love Uncle Fred. I don't know Uncle Fred. Don't let the BS get in the way of the love and... What's important. Yeah, the importance of relationship. That's great. Words to live by. Thank you, Fred. You're the man. (laughs) And he's obviously a guy that's lived it. Yes. So you've watched him and his relationship. You can always learn what to do from some people and what not to do from other people. And he was a what to do. He was a what to do. God bless you, Uncle Fred. Love him. All right. What's the one talent or gift you wish you possessed that you currently don't? So, you know, a lot of times you ask this question, people are like, I wish I could sing. Yeah. And then you're like, please don't sing. Yeah, right. Well, I can sing. You can. And I feel blessed to have that gift. Yeah. I want to be able to play while I sing, Uh, but I'm some sort of, I'm very, very challenged in trying to do two things at one time. So if I could play the piano. Oh, there you go. And sing. All right. Well, hey. We're all about but, growth you know here. What? I'm thinking about getting lessons. Why not? We have to talk because I, I watched you learn how to play. I did my first performance ever in front of 5,000 people with an orchestra. I went from Patty Guthrie's fifth grade uh, <laughs> class, where it was me and a bunch of fifth graders learned how to play the piano. And I came out and did my first performance at Mastermind in front of 5,000 people. Unbelievable. And you played The Entertainer? Yeah. And a Are few you other kidding things. me? Here's the deal. Everything was great until the lights came on, and I couldn't <laughs> see the keyboard anymore. So just note to anyone if you decide to do that, here's the deal. Do the recital first before you do it on stage. Yeah. You always but, go big. Yeah. Here's the deal. We got to get you. Have your boys heard you sing? Oh, like, of course. On stage. I'm talking about on stage oh. with the band, the whole thing. No. No, we got to do that. That's but the key. I sing to them we gotta every use night. The, we got to use the talent. You're singing lullabies. I, you're a rocker. You're like Pat Benatar, right? She's yeah. awesome. Now you're dating me yeah. right there. All right. Yikes. Okay. What book has been most instrumental in your life? Most instrumental is The Challenge to Succeed by okay. Jim Rohn. Okay. It's our boy. Jim Rohn. Yeah. Fabulous philosophy. Fabulous mindset. Yep. Yep. I've been banging that drum for a long time. So. Yeah. And Beautiful. living an inspired life which is also his, that I think is the next step. Yeah. Nice. But I'm a mood reader, yeah. too, so I always yeah. have about four or five books that I am totally into. Yeah. So right now, uh, The War of Art. 
Okay. There's a big one with Stephen Pressfield. Okay. <sighs> Haven't heard of that. Uh, I'm already down the hall, you know. I know. I need to. Uh, you, you can know what? feel free to walk down the hall and give me a recommendation. Anytime, I will. You know? I will. I need something to get me off the couch watching Longmire. <laughs> we got <it>. intervention. <laughs> we need an intervention. All right, great. Favorite song? Oh, again. Our band. Oh, come on. Bon Jovi. I still have a crush on Bon come Jovi. On. But you know, it Get depends it on the already. mood. The mood I'm in. Like the road to perdition, and you introduced me to that one. Mm-hmm. When I'm creating and writing and setting sure. goals and stuff, that's where I want to be. But then if I'm getting ready for a workout, I'm listening to Welcome to the Jungle. Nice. Nice. Baby. Well, Sons and I, roses. unfortunately, I was at the house the other day with my son, Alex, and the movie The Road to Perdition came on. And oh. my son's like, oh, Dad. This is the song you play to help people write goals. Yes. And he came in, and he's watching the movie. And it's a movie about the Irish mafia, and <laughs> Tom Hanks is blowing people away left, right, and center. It has this gorgeous, melodic back score. Fabulous soundtrack. Great for writing goals. But he's like, Dad, do people know you're having them set goals to mass murder? Anyway. I honestly have never watched the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. No. <laughs> if you love the song, don't watch the movie. Okay. But it is a great movie. Great. All right. So Bon Jovi. By the way, it's white chicks like you that continually make that guy hundreds of millions of dollars every year, even though he hasn't written a new song since 1989. But that's okay. God bless him. He wants to buy a football team. Okay, move on. Come on. All right. <laughs> move on. What movie? It's not, You're scrolling through the channels, which I know you don't get to do very often. You're scrolling through. Never. But it comes up. There's a title there. What movie have you watched multiple times? Am I really going to tell you this one? I want to hear. Come on. How can we have secrets after all 21 years? It's Pretty Woman. Oh, come on. (laughs) It is. I can tell why you didn't want to tell me. Come on. I need Uh, to know now why. It's Pretty Woman because she gets a second chance. Because she makes bad choices and goes down the wrong road. And, you know, I've lived that a little bit. And she was given a second chance and Mm. there was hope. And she got what she was going after. Wow. See, that's a great teacher. A great teacher is able to use an illustration like that to bring the whole program together. I don't need to close out this podcast. We just summed up Broken to Blessed in the very dynamic of that movie, which is obviously why you would love it. There's always hope. There is always hope. And so here you are, a uh, Rhode Island transplant that went from uh, the brokenness of a child to the scariness of a new transplant in a foreign place in a foreign town to uh, getting the ball rolling and uh, living under the shadow a little bit of mom and then building your own shadow, your own way, starting out your journey in life and um, being successful and then going from success to success as a leader and then becoming a widow at 31, which is uh, to this day as uh, I still have a hard time getting my head around that particular statement. And then uh, going through that dynamic, transplanting over here to San Diego and starting over losing your brother, but then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the Lord is the Lord of the harvest. And the next thing you know, here's uh, Jason Nowak and two beautiful babies that come along and living a good life. And now you influence hundreds of thousands of people every year through your gifts and what you do here. You are an inspiration and you're passionate and you're a learner and a grower and a student, which makes you a great teacher. And I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to have you as a friend. I'm proud to have you in front of our audiences and what you bring. And I'm excited for our podcast audience to hear more and more of you. Your insight, your perspective, you bring a different uh, take than I do. And uh, I think it'll be a blessing. So I hope this message has been a blessing to all of you today. The message was entitled From Broken to Blessed. And I think we have all can relate to that. If you didn't enjoy it, we'd love to hear your feedback. Leave a review on iTunes. Remember, 
as we do these things. Uh, we don't do the ads and the this and the that and all that kind of good stuff. The purpose of this is to impact and improve your life positively. And all we ask is if this has blessed you, maybe you know someone who's going through some tough times. Or maybe you know someone who hasn't quite healed up yet. Or maybe you know someone who's not fulfilling their purpose yet or they've checked out or vegged out or numbed out. And maybe you could share this message with them and this could be a blessing to them. So as I finish with you today, let me leave you with the ultimate in an Irish blessing. May the roads rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. That sounds like Rhode Island to Arizona to me. It does. (laughs) And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Brian.